Hi, and welcome to the That's So Glam podcast. I'm Miles Schillingford, and you'll be hearing me with a variety of other people talking about topics and stories which I think are just oh so glam. Welcome back for another episode of That's So Glam. As you may see from the episode title, you know, you observant queens, we have a recurring guest, don't we? So everybody, welcome back to the show. Adam, say hi, Adam. Hello, everyone. How are you doing? (laughs) Thank you so much for being on the show for the second time. My pleasure, darling. And obviously, like I said, as you can see from the episode title, we're going to be discussing all things about race and ethnicity and all that gorgeousness and how that intersectionates with us being queer and how we basically see ourselves within the community and all that glam. So I mean, to kick things off, obviously, uh, the listeners who've listened to you in the previous episode um, know a bit about you, but like for the listeners that haven't listened to that episode, just a little 10 second little bio. Who are you? What are you doing? And what's your glam? Yeah, so um, I'm Adam, I'm a a queer Iraqi, I'm single, (laughs) I, what do I do, I just, yeah, just have, I love dancing, love having a bit of fun, yeah, so just here to sort of talk about my experience of being a queer person of colour and, yeah, sort of discuss, we'll get into that, but you'll see. Glam, thanks for that. So, I mean, let's just kick things off, shall we? So, <laughs> why not give like, listeners a bit of experience of like how you find the community at present? Like, like what your journey? How did you come to like realize that you were like queer and all that stuff? Yeah, so I, I sort of grew up in sort of a like Muslim like household, and sort of I remember like being in primary school and like sort of having these sort of weird feelings for boys and just being like yeah what what is going on but I didn't really have the vocabulary for it at that point and then it wasn't until sort of like later on obviously I discovered what the word like gay meant and then yeah sort of from then just sort of growing up like as a queer person of colour and (laughs) all the sort of trials and tribulations that come with that but yeah like so I guess being in a person of colour in queer spaces like there's often been times where I've been the only person there and um yeah same here yeah like I remember like when I was uh sort of giving my campaign speech for the um I was like BAME rep for my university's LGBT society and I remember like just giving the campaign speech and I could literally count on one hand the number of like queer people of colour in the audience and it was just like (laughs) I I was almost laughing because I think I actually pointed out in my speech and like like the the one the, the one queer person of color was like yes queen go <laughs> yeah and and like i feel like that just demonstrates the need for that sort of role like a, a bame representative but also just it, it just shows like how important it is to have representation and yeah like we just we really need to sort of have people like us visible in the media or yeah like across the spectrum really yeah, 100%. Like, that's even the thing, like, even having that role within the society, like, being, like, a BAME representative, the fact that that's needed in order to highlight the issues that people, like, ourselves are going through, that just kind of says it all. And for the listeners that don't know, like, Adam is from Birmingham and I'm from London. So, obviously, we've come from, like, the two biggest cities in the UK. Very, very diverse cities as well. Exactly. Very yeah. diverse cities. I mean, Birmingham's, like, the second biggest city after London. Yeah. So, you know, like, it's so... I, you know what? I'm not even going to say it. I don't think it's strange. I think it's... It's not strange, but I think it's just 
peculiar that we think in the way in that we still feel very unrepresented even in the cities that we come from do you think that's like the same that's kind of like a good way to say it or yeah I think it's it's just like even for like there may be some representation in terms of like people of color but when it comes to queer people of color it's even more of a sort of minority within a minority so it's I feel like there's even more sort of a need for representation because you just you can sort of go through your life feeling like you're the only one like and you go through certain struggles and there's no one else going through those struggles and I think if you when you see yourself represented in media or in societies that's when you can relate to people and like you can sort of see yourself through somebody else's like eyes and I think that's just really needed to to just help people really just help them get get through life um yeah yeah 100% and like as well I think my always listeners are always trying my utmost best to do like some research about the area before I go on air with my guests and stuff and the sort of stuff that I found like just doing like not even an hour of research is that in terms of mainstream and what is out there in terms of representation the more diverse representation tends to come from more western communities in the western world so i.e the US, UK, Germany, France, Spain mm. I, I guess all if you've done GCSE geography you know what the western world is <laughs> but, um, like it seems that th- there's more diversity there but whereas if you go to more sort of like the eastern side of the world, like i.e. China, Japan, India and stuff, it isn't as diverse. And also as well, the sort of other like key thing that I kind of like took out from my research as well was that many people who like had interviews regarding this sort of conversation and people of colour that being is that they seem to feel like they're not understood mainly by the white um, individuals within the same community. So it's just like, mm. it's like a double minority. Like you're, you're, you're a person of colour and you're also queer so like I mean like you're picking a struggle and then when you you're in the community and when you do fully accept yourself and you are part of it it seems like you're ostracized even more because it seems like the people who are out are majority white yeah. so therefore you can you can assimilate to them in like various ways such as through like music tv media especially I mean how many how many times have we mentioned drag race on your show girlies you know what I mean like that's like the main sort of like gathering for like especially gay men I'd say but like in terms of like, other things it seems like we can all agree that like we can talk about that but like through other sort of experiences maybe relating to race it's kind of hard to break through that and to maybe call like create a conversation yeah it's like the the whole sort of coming out experience is like I feel like w- yeah what we see in the media is oh it's for example love Simon like oh it's just easy like it's fully accepted and there's no sort of no even in not even an ounce of struggle is shown and it's just that's just not realistic for so many people and um it's not just people of color it's like white people as well anyone who's maybe come from like a religious background and oh yeah and it's yeah it's just like i just wish that i just hope i hope that in the future we see more representation of that sort of difficult coming out experience because i mean i'm not going to speak on my sort of experience but i know that a lot of people from sort of religious backgrounds who have come out like it's it's not it's not easy and um yeah like it's it's definitely something that needs to be said just yeah people need to just understand that it's not just yeah easy i guess and it's also as well like it's kind of good way in that you mentioned it in terms of like religion and stuff it's like the things that are represented within like queer individuals and religion it seems to always revolve around christianity Mm -hmm. it's never sort of the like representation of like being like a queer muslim being a queer jew person 
wing yeah. queer sort of like Buddhists. It's, it seems to be like the central sort of focus is like people who are Christian or Catholic or whatever denomination of Christianity you want to affiliate yourself with, and conversion camps, and that's literally that. That's it. Like that's yeah. That's all we get in terms of like mainstream. When I say mainstream listeners, I mean in terms of like newspapers, magazines, radio, stuff like that. And then if you do want to like research more about the other sort of religions and how queer people are part of the religions, you have to go online and proactively seek out that information, which, you know, yeah. is an issue even itself. Yeah, 100%. Like there's so many sort of millions of like well, major religions. There's like six major religions in the world. And then there's loads of other faiths. And people, I think people forget that there are queer like people. Um, followers of these religions as well and i think especially yeah there's been a lot of islamophobia like in in this country um in general and i think largely in the western world um and i think there's just people don't really understand people forget that the definition of racism includes discrimination based on someone's religion and not just their color and oh, yeah. it's a whole sort of it's a vast definition and it comes in various forms and yeah like i think people just forget that there are like queer muslims who exist and their whole life is against a brick wall in the sense that the they're kind of in between communities so the muslim community might not accept them um the queer community is sort of you know calling them all the names under the sun and it's like you left in a limbo yeah and we need to just sort of like forget that and just embrace like all these people of color who have faith with open arms and um yeah we should be just embracing them and letting them into the community because a lot of times these people have been rejected from their families and and their their own communities so they need they need us more than ever like we we love to say oh it's your chosen family but that chosen family has to be applicable to everyone not just certain people and yeah it's just like basically just you know put your arms out and give someone a hug like give your like queer people of color a hug because yeah i mean when lockdown's over of course <laughs> yeah yeah maybe in a few months <laughs> <laughs> let's keep it COVID secure yeah Hans. <laughs> but yeah honestly such a striking point to make in terms of people reaching out and stuff because i'd say as well like the whole lgbt community always drives itself on progression on diversity and being inclusive yet you know that's not to say like i'm painting everybody with the same brush but like there are people who i've seen visibly clearly visibly on social media be like mm, i don't really think that's the way we should go forward because you know they might hinder us on our like human rights and stuff and i'm just thinking to myself what the fuck like literally what the fuck yeah. are you talking about because if if then people weren't in the community, you couldn't say, oh, we're diverse, oh, we're inclusive and all that. You can't you can't put all glitter on it because without them people, you wouldn't be what you're saying anyway. So, I mean, like I said before, it's try- it's so hard to think in the mind of like a racist because it's just so fucked up. Yeah, literally. You know, it's, it's so contradictory. It's like, yeah, it's like I know recently there was that story about the sort of Birmingham schools and the um, they were teaching LGBT yeah. education and... I know there was like protests outside the school from from the Muslim community um and of course like you have to respect people's beliefs and like certain things like in that case it's a case of sort of the old style like sort of beliefs and the um I think it's what we need to do is have open discussions with these people like you're never going to get anywhere if you just sort of cancel these people and like you you sort of attack them that's not going to cause anything that's that's all that's going to do is push them further away so what we need to do is just have these 
open up the discourse, talk about these things openly, and maybe you will change someone's mind. That's the only way you can change someone's mind is through discussion. Exactly. So I think the more we talk about it, the better, really. And that's the thing, I think, as well, especially in the current climate, and I think in the age of, like, digitization and social media, everything has to be political. Yeah. Like, everything has to be associated with politics, and it's not that. It literally is just basically getting two people who might think differently not in politically, nothing like that, but just maybe through societal and through like religious sort of like upbringings and bringing them together and just having a conversation. Yeah. No politics involved, nothing about the Tories, nothing about Labour, nothing like that. Literally, it's just how people think and have a conversation. That's all that it needs to be. Yeah, li- literally. There's like a YouTube series that I quite like. I think it's, I can't remember the channel. I think it's called like Jubilee or something. Um, and they literally oh, yeah, they, I love them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they literally like put people from sort of different worlds together, like mm. around a table, and they just literally they just ask these sort of divisive questions, and they have an open discussion about it. And I think it's it's so good, and I think we could all take a sort of note out of that book because it's it's just the way forward, really. Like I think they even brought the Palestinians and Israelis on either side of the conflict together, and by the end of the conversation, they were like actually having like food together like laughing and i think that just shows the power of words exactly yeah. communication all the way i mean mm-hmm. that's why i did media communication and culture studies girlies you know <laughs> communication is the way forward 100 percent, 100 but like also as well going back to the point in where we we're talking about like i find it really hard to find like a place between two communities and stuff when I was doing the research um, prior to the episode, there's a really sort of fascinating quote that I got from this book that I read. Well, me reading the book, it wasn't even a fucking book. It was like an excerpt of like an abstract. Like it was not a book. But <laughs> I make, I mean, I'm trying to make myself sound like a student, even though like it's been so many years that I'm not. The quote was, it was from um, a guy um, called Keith Boykin. And it's from a book called One More River to Cross, um, Being Black and Gay in America. And the quote says... The dirty little secret about homosexuals is that white gay people are just as racist as the white straight people. And that really not got yeah. to me in the way like it affected me emotionally, but it kind of struck out to me because I was like, do you know what? Like, obviously it's saying, it doesn't say some, it does say white gay people are just as racist as white straight people. But then again, from what I see on social media, I mean, I know it keeps on going back to social media and like the internet and stuff like that. But I think as well, even just what I've seen on TV through ideologies and stuff like when I was watching Queer as Falcon and like when it was around during like the early noughties, I mean, someone's yeah. bound to like correct me on that anyway. You could sense that within within the show, not mm. not directly, but even like the vibe in terms of like the casting of the characters and things like that. Like yeah. it is very much that, it is very much a like white centric. Yeah. yeah exactly that so i mean yeah just saying that then do you how do you feel like in terms of like a person of color and entering queer spaces such as like a gay bar or friendship circle things like that like how do you have you ever like experienced any sort of exclusion firsthand or anything like that um yeah i mean i've I've definitely been in sort of spaces where i've been sort of the only person color and it does kind of make you feel a bit like the odd one out. Like, like I, I know that, you know, a certain amount of it may be just our own sort of thought process, but it's, you can't really help but feel a bit sort of ostracized when you're the only person that you see. But yeah, like I think mainly for me, it's more been, I guess, on the apps, like, you know, there's the whole yeah. sort of fetishization of like, oh, like brown boys and 
um, you know, being called <laughs> exotic. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. It's the whole exoticization and like being like, oh my God, like your fucking limited edition Pokemon card or something. Yeah. You know I mean? Yeah. I'm like, I'm <laughs> like, so I'm not a game. <laughs> Don't play me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like that, that whole sort of thing is literally rife. Like, I, I feel like I could talk to any boy person and they'd say they've experienced the same thing. Like, yeah, like with with black guys, it's often like the sort of BBC, like that, and then it's like yeah. there's just all these stereotypes like uh, around sort of someone's race. And it's, it's just bizarre. Like, do people <laughs> not have any hobbies? Like, literally get get a hobby. Literally, I think as well. Like you're saying, going back to like apps and stuff. I think as well it's because with apps you can literally be anybody like there's no sort of form of verification of who you are and anything like that so like literally people who have these ideologies they can say what they want whether or any repercussions going back to them or to their career or anything mm-hmm. like that because they literally can be anyone like yeah they're just trolls exactly and it sort of relates back to like a something i read earlier today actually listeners I was looking on the government's petition page. I don't know if you've heard of it, Adam. It's literally like a whole list of petitions that people put online and the government can respond. Yeah, yeah. And one of them was, is a really good one. Um, I think it was in relation to Katie Price and her um, whole struggle that she's been having with her son, Harvey. And one of the petitions stated that in order to create like a social media account, people should upload like a valid form of verification, such as like a driver's license, a passport, mm. so that the account is actually, they know who's actually behind that account. Hmm. And I think, yeah, it's a good thing in terms of that, you know, if they were to like break, I don't know, the code of conduct or to promote sort of hate speech or anything like that, then you know who it is and they can therefore be prosecuted for it if it was, i.e. extreme or anything like that. Yeah. But um, I just wanted to get your opinion on it, really. And like, do you think that's that way forward in terms of combating sort of discrimination and things like that? Or Yeah, you know? it's, it's kind of difficult because I feel like if you're sort of, providing that sort of identity it's almost like it takes away the anonymity of social media and I think obviously some people use that as the mask to hide behind and troll and harass but others just like that sort of being anonymous on the internet and I I feel like we can't take that away from the public I feel like it's important to that people are able to maintain their privacy in that sense um oh yeah but I definitely think that the government can do more in terms of making sort of policy to sort of criminalize a lot of trolling online yeah like in and also age verification as well like I feel like it's I mean I was on Facebook probably I'm pretty sure I was on it before you were allowed technically allowed to be me too like i think the ages when well when i first started like, facebook i think that i think it probably still is it's 13 yeah i having it in year six and how old are you in year six like 10 or 11 yeah i was actually i was reposting like lady gaga vivo videos on my wall and everything like i was that guy like nobody knew like it, it was a shock when you came out <laughs> literally um but yeah like yeah like all the i think there needs to be definitely steps taken to um, improve the sort of verification process because this kids these days i swear they're like they have the the minds of like 30 year olds like the stuff that they're exposed oh, yeah. to it's just it's not right like um it's so easy for kids to just stumble upon things on the internet now which they really shouldn't be seeing and i think we sort of grew up in a time where the internet was just sort of starting out like social media was sort of just starting when we were like maybe entering high school so it wasn't as much of an issue for us but the kids these days it's literally all they all they know so I think it's really important to yeah like sort that out 
But anyway, that's like a, another podcast episode. That's a whole nother kettle of fish, honestly. But um, yeah, so like going into sort of playing more on, on like social media and stuff. I mean, listeners, Adam done an absolute amazing thing. Literally, none of my other guests have done this before. So to the previous guests, step your pussy up because this is what I expect from my future guests. <laughs> <laughs> literally, Adam sent me a whole list of like conversation points that they wanted to address on today's episode. And honestly, the points that he has mentioned are just chef's kiss, honestly, <laughs> amazing. Oh, you're too kind. <laughs> you know, you know, may I keep it glam for everybody on the show. But honestly, like, yeah, one of the key points that um, Adam mentioned was like the whole sort of um, discourse around digital blackface and how mm. it tends to be, especially on Twitter, um, how it tends to be white gay males sort of using um black women for memes whether yeah. that be in like just referencing black culture or through reality tv shows and stuff like that yeah. but it it's it can be a it's kind of a tricky not well it's not a tricky subject because you know it has to be talked about but it's fine it's where do you see the line between it being purely for comedy like you are laughing with the person who is You're laughing at that meme. meme, yeah. Or are you laughing at them based because they're a black person? Yeah, yeah. That that's yeah. That's the thing. Like it is like we. I guess we. I mean, I've been guilty. We've all been guilty of using these memes, and like it's the case where when you see it sort of repeatedly from certain people, like just you see like sort of yeah, I guess like white twinks like kind of popping off on Twitter, like using these sort of memes featuring predominantly like black women it's just it there's something just a little bit uncomfortable uncomfortable about it because it's just like why do you exclusively use that sort of meme like why can't you use another meme like why is that specifically so funny and it's like your go-to and I think it's just it is one of those gray areas where it's like it's like you know those like memes where it's like something that feels racist but isn't explicitly Mm. racist (laughs) it's kind of kind of that but yeah, I think it's just, I think we just need to be wary of, like, using things like that. And why is, because there's the whole trope of, like, the, you know, black women, like, funny, and, like, the angry black women and, like, all those sort of caricatures of, like, these people. Yeah. And it's just, it's not right. Like, we need to just, you know, these people are human beings. And, like, it's, yeah, putting them as a meme, I think, is, I don't know, it can be taken a bit step too far. And that's the thing as well, like, the reason why this is still continuing is because people are having conversations like us two are having tonight, mm. and that's why people have been like, oh, like, it's funny, I don't really see the issue behind it. It's because, do you know what? Sometimes it's just due to, like, ignorance or just not knowing, like, the intentions behind it. Yeah. But then some people are up there are just utter bastards, and they will just post it because they can. Mm. So it's yeah. hard to find that, it's hard to distinguish between the two. Really. Yeah. I guess it's just like it's all about sort of empathy and putting yourself in someone else's shoes because if you like you know if imagine if you were like sort of a black woman who looked like one of those in the like one in the memes and you sort of see yourself sort of shared a million times and people are laughing and joking and it's like of course you start to think like why are they what's so funny about that meme like it's literally just someone laughing like someone who looks like me laughing so I think that's yeah I think if people just maybe 
think a little bit more before they post. I think that would yeah that would help. Yeah, like one of the articles that came up as well while I was doing like background research about this was that in America, unfortunately, listeners, I don't have the person who actually said the quote. I probably just found it in an article. But it mentioned that this is dating back from 2004, so it's a bit dated now. But uh, it says that it's becoming unfashionable to discriminate against Negroes. Discrimination against the homosexuals would be on the increase. Do you agree with that, Adam, in terms of just like now that I say... I think in America as well, it's it's completely different in terms of the UK, but from a UK sort of lens, do you feel as though now that racism in terms of like the general population and um, heterosexual as well, like, do you feel that, that racism tends to be on the decline? I would like to hope so. Do you feel that homophobia is now more rife because that level, that discrimination has sort of like been suppressed? Does that make sense? Um... Yeah, so do I think no homophobia is going up because racism going going down? Exactly that. Yeah. Um, I think I don't know really. I think I think like with the whole sort of Black Lives Matter movement, like I think people are are definitely thinking more about race, and like we saw like people sharing. Lots of people were actually sharing like useful articles, and there were I did see a lot of people actually actively like white people, like white allies, actually actively sharing important sort of articles and not just you know the black square um actually yeah not not perform not being performative allies actually being good allies but i think you 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 can't be anti-racist and homophobic when they are one and the same thing like Mm -hmm. they're you know we're the two different groups but we experience discrimination in in different ways so you can't be one and not the other so I i find it bewildering when you see someone who's, you know, anti-racist, but then will, you know, spout the F word, the F slur to any sort of group of, you know, Starbucks holding people that walk past. Um, and it, and it's just, it's just like, yeah, like we, I think we really need to sort of bring different groups up together and um, not sort of push one, another group down to like push yourself up. Like it, it has to be exactly. sort of equal equal growth um so yeah yeah definitely blm and lgbt rights and yeah (laughs) i'm putting my hand up in the air (laughs) (laughs) and like you said before like literally there can't be one without the other like literally you have to have you have to combat racism and also combat homophobia like they go hand in hand like they're both communities that are going through a struggle so you've got to support Mm. each other you know what i mean like like i've always sort of thought as well and what's also what's always been installed in me is that the larger the amount of people, the more growth you kind of get. So, you know, yeah. 100% in terms of that. 100%. 100%. And then going back, circling back to like that quote as well. Now that we're saying, now, so that quote's from like 2004, 2005, I think. Now, fast forward into current times of 2021, do you feel like this whole cycle of that we talked about, like how black people and people of colour have been, like, discriminated against, and then, like, gay people have been discriminated against. Do you feel like that cycle's now coming forward to, like, more, like, trans people, and that that whole circle is, like, now Mm. facing the brunt of all this sheeness? Yeah, I mean, statistically, trans trans people of colour, I think, is most likely to be murdered on the street, and they're you know they receive like horrendous crimes will happen to those people and it's i think that just shows the sort of the need to to lift up both sort of 
communities at once like you need to be actively anti-transphobic and actively um, anti-racist at the same time because these are the people who are you know facing the brunt of it like they're facing the worst of these horrible crimes and it's yeah like I think it's it's definitely we're making progress it could always be quicker and I think one step was the sort of adding the um, trans pride flag colors onto the progress flag and also the black and brown for the um people of color but yeah it's 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 getting there but it's there's still a long way to go Mm -hmm. so i think yeah if we just all really shout from the rooftops about sort of trans rights like speak to someone who knows nothing about it literally start talking to your neighbor about it and teach them something and they might teach you something like that's again like the power of words honestly that's the thing like just having these conversations even if it's just like completely off the cuff, unplanned, just, I think it's best as well when you have these conversations where they're not structured, literally like how we're having like now, like just pure open conversation. You don't have to be like, uh, we're going to talk about this at four o'clock at this yeah. time. Get like, like, even though this is sort of what we're doing, like it is like a podcast episode, just having these sort of open discussions, even with friends and with family, that's a starting yeah. point for change. Yeah, definitely. And going off the back of that, I think, I, I literally one of my favorite shows of all time is Pose and it's it's literally the got one of the most diverse casts you you'll ever see on TV like it's got I think it's like five like trans people of color like um like we're in lead roles and that's like yeah. unprecedented and that's just what makes it so just I don't know it's just something about it that's so refreshing and like I've just never really seen anything like that before so I think honestly I implore all of you to just watch that show like I can't fangirl it enough but yeah like it's shows like that that we need to kind of represent sort of queer people of color and um show us represented in the media and yeah like and the show us not always in a negative light because i feel as well Mm. especially with like more less modern um media text like it always seems to be like the lgbt character is always seems to be the first to die the first to be murdered the first to sort of like some something bad to happen and it's just having more positive lgbt representation within the media whether it just be like an LGP, lgbt person working at starbucks other coffee shops are available or just like <laughs> having or just having literally lgbt people just in everyday life someone working behind bloody the counter at morrison's or something yeah. you know what i mean just having yeah. them in more just less stylized, I'd just say, like less stylized sort of roles, I think is just like less sort of camp and like like one classic example yeah. was um prom, like which came out on Netflix recently and that mm-hmm. featured James Corden who was acting as a sort of camp, like flamboyant, like gay man. And it's just like I think it didn't it get nominated for an Oscar or something or glo- a Golden Globe. Or I something? don't know something ridiculous. I, don't know. I really don't give a fuck about that. Thing. Yeah, and and um, <laughs> I really don't care. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't even watch. I watched like ten minutes of it. and I was like, this is trash. Like, <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not watching the rest of this. Um, but it's like it's the fact that shows like that get nominated for all the awards, and then shows like Michaela Cole's "I May Destroy You," which came out like about a year ago now i think that was literally all produced by black woman she's is she queer i'm not i'm not sure yeah like it's kind of the two shows like that that you know they they don't even get they don't even get recognized like at the awards like she didn't receive a single nomination and yet it's literally one of the best shows like i've seen in a long time 
Um, so yeah, just why? Like to the to the people who decide this. And like a, and I say to the people that know me, obviously most of my listeners do know me personally, but like as you know, I absolutely am obsessed with Ireland, everything about it, the country, the language, the culture, everything. I know it's kind of weird, but kind of am. So I follow this account on Twitter called Black Irish Media, and they kind of like highlight black talent within the country, i.e. shows, musicians and things like that. And I have, I personally, honestly, people please message me on Instagram and Twitter if there is such thing, but I've never seen the equivalent of it for the UK. Like I haven't seen like an actual account highlighting and promoting black talent within UK. And the same goes for other people of colour, i.e. people who are Asian, people who are from Latin America and things like that. Like, I haven't seen anything of the equivalent of the UK. I, I mean, have you, Adam, have you seen like any accounts like which highlight sort of like um, people in like the entertainment industry and things like that? Um, I don't think I have. Um, yeah, like it's, no, I, I don't think I have. So I guess there is there is a need for that. But yeah, like it's, yeah, there, we, just honestly, like any show that has diversity to me is always more interesting. And I feel like that's the same for yeah. everyone. It's not just as a person of colour, I think, you know, any white person would find it more interesting if they see a variety of people on screen with different ideas. And, um, you know, as they say, yeah, the variety is the spice of life. So, you know, just give me more the, more spice, please. Like, all, all <laughs> of that cayenne pepper, like, none of that black pepper and salt shit. Like... Literally, we're, we're, we're so fed up with onion and garlic salt. Like, we want something from more the outer corners of Europe, let's just yeah. say, like, something a bit more. Well, that's... A little bit spice. <laughs> yeah, literally, like, just chuck in as many spices as possible, please. Like, we need, we need some flavour, like... Literally, everyone, buddy, go and raid like the World Foods Art section at Tesco. Honestly, go raid it. Explore the senses. Honestly, you'll be amazed. You you will not regret it one bit. You'll you'll thank <laughs> us. You'll thank us one day. Honestly, but um, yeah, I mean that's coming towards sort of like near the end of the episode in terms of everything that I kind of wanted to cover. As always, Adam, is there anything else you'd like to mention? Especially any sort of opinions and ideologies you want to get out there to the lovely glam listeners yeah so um i think one good thing to end on if people don't already know every summer in london there's a, a celebration called uk black pride which is um specifically catered towards um queer people of color and it's um it was started about 15 years ago by a group of black lesbians um when they they went to south end on sea and decided to have their own pride because all the pride events that you know were around back then they did not feel like they were sort of accepted into um so yeah like if you want to be surrounded by people who will appreciate you and take you in as your family then i implore you all to to go to uk black pride and and yeah like just have a party honestly i can't kind of them highly enough as well even through like other projects that i'm working on at the moment i've been in contact with some of the people at uk black pride and honestly they're just such amazing people and i'm such a huge advocate for all the work they do even outside the event on ter- in terms of social media to all the other projects that they get up to throughout the year honestly mm. please please check them out um as always i'll put any resources and any sort of related topics um that we've discussed upon in the in, in the episode in the episode notes below so i'll link uk black pride and all everything all the amazing stuff they do 
below. But um, yeah, honestly. Yeah, I was just going to say if if anyone uh, sort of any sort of queer sort of people Arabs from like a Arab or Asian background, if they want to talk to someone, like, I'm always here. My DMs are open, so like please like message me. Like, yeah, we could all use a friend in in lockdown. So honestly, any struggles, like I'm I'm here. Like, honestly, same here as well. In terms of anything, literally anything, just messages are always open for me as well. And I'll also, it's a given, I don't know why I'm saying this, but I'll obviously link Adam's socials below as well. So you can check out his gorgeous face and double tap on that lovely face of his on Instagram. Mwah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, honestly, thank you so much for everybody that listened today. And yeah, honestly, thank you so much for supporting me. I know that it's been quite a while since I've said thank you even though I say thank you every episode but personally especially this episode in particular it means so much to me and I know it means so much to Adam yeah. so the fact that you listened throughout the whole 45 minutes we've been recording for I mean it probably you're the real ones minutes, you're the, yeah you're the you're king shit you're queen shit you're royal <laughs> shit whatever your pronouns are baby you hot girl shit you're in so, the club you're you're officially a member of the club if you if you're listening now <laughs> literally so honestly from the bottom of my heart and through the bottom of adam's heart thank you thank you so much and as always stay glam stay safe stay alert whatever the fuck it is in your country and yeah oh, bye kiss 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 <laughs> thank you guys <laughs>